All right, intro number two, Sam Tripoli bonus episode. Figured you guys would like this. It's just a good chat about comedy and about like how to be in the world of comedy, which I'm really excited about. Uh, again, check out Court Ordered. Uh, they had a they had like a, a fund me situation. I think it was a GoFundMe. I'm the worst right now. Look at me being the worst host. Um, a Kickstarter. They uh, they definitely had a funding situation happening, and uh, they met their goals. So this is going to be really cool. Um, also, it involves Eric Myers, who I'd love to get on the show at some point. He's a cool dude. Uh, again, uh, you can reach me at Anna V is Fun and at the uh, Twitters and the Instagrams. That's Anna with two N's. And you can reach me at annabecomedy at gmail.com if you know anybody who wants to be on the show. I'd really love to interview somebody in OA, somebody in CODA, somebody in uh, ACA, uh, and maybe even Al-Anon. I want to get at those sort of other perks programs but if you just have a cool story and you're in the LA area or somewhere where I have shows by the way you can check that out on my Reverb Nation page because I don't know how to make a website Uh, but uh, check that out and uh, if I'm around and you want to talk 12 step let's do this okay bye and you know if you go up there and you do something other than that it doesn't ring how if I had just done clean comedy doesn't mean I would get anywhere no I know a lot of guys who are clean they just didn't do shit either you just gotta be yourself and sometimes there's more money everything is how you know the whole thing of entertainment is like how much money you can make off your mental illness that's really what it is <laughs> that's really perfect that's because it, it like the people that we meet sometimes at least now because this is like a new world for me like I'm just a little hayseed who decided like oh I'm gonna tell jokes yeah and so and late in life no less so like now that I'm kind of meeting all these different people it is definitely like there's a part of me from working in mental health as long as I did there's a part of me that's like there's a lot of personality disorders walking all around over here. the place <laughs> for so clowns. Weird. It could be real cocksuckers. <laughs> yeah. The people who make people laugh are really like, uh, can be really weird. Yeah. yeah. Go. Okay. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? It. Well, we're starting. I'm recording already. Oh, you I just are? snuck up on we're you. Half it? Yeah. We're halfway in. That's so interesting. Yeah, we're, we're just, I'm just sneaking up. Comedy on you. is just an interesting <laughs> thing, man. It's like this battle between show and business. And I, I think the, the smart ones always get the business. Do you feel like you're a smart one? No. <laughs> I think I'm all about the show. And, you know, whether that's good or bad, it, it is what it is. I think I, I don't know. I think it's great. Um, I, I really loved it when you came out and did the show at my job. That was amazing. It was a lot was, of fun. I feel like some of the young girls were getting like, we just want to dance. They, I just, I just want to, yeah, they were We just want to dance. Jesus. It's, what, what's it going to be about us? It's like, <laughs> we want people to look at us. <laughs> not like, hey man, God bless you. If you can, if you can dance to uh, EDM music <laughs> without drugs, that's you, wanting it. And yeah. God bless you. <laughs> that's true. And you know, you want to hear the fun part? They did 15 minutes of dancing, got too hot, and went right back outside. Yeah. They they had no right. They they really couldn't do There's it. There's nothing that like short circuiting your reason and logic. Yes. Which drugs tend to do. That you just keep going. Just keep going. And then they go back. It's all, it's all good. So I like, silly. listen, 
20 year olds we were all 20 and we all, we were all the center of the universe yeah. for that t- time period you can't get mad at anybody it's fine what were you okay so you i'm sure at 20 what, what was life like at 20 for you because i when i was 20 i got sober that's amazing right. yeah clean and sober yeah I uh, I was living in Vegas. I was doing stand up. I was going to college, and I was uh, just scorching the earth. I was uh, just fully indulging in my drinking and my partying and my sex addictions and all that stuff. I was having a really, I I loved Vegas. I still love Vegas, mm-hmm. even as I'm older now. And I go back, and it's not the you know. You know, it's Sin City, even though I don't indulge in any of that anymore. I, I just like the people in Vegas. So Vegas was fun. I was like in high school. I was, I, I, if you listen to, you know, a couple of podcasts I've done lately, I've talked about like comedy and my life in high school is very weird. I'm a very much a wallflower, very much, I don't know if wallflowers were just a, just a lot of uh, social anxiety before we knew what social anxiety was. Right. You know, so I was very uncomfortable okay. with a lot of stuff, so being in groups and interacting with people. And I'm still incredible. I have incredible social anxiety still. And uh, I go to Vegas. And I just had I just was living life. I was doing stand up. I was like one of the top guys in the scene. I was just partying. I was doing I was creating my own shows, which is still a theme of my life. It's very interesting. I've always had a bit ability to produce shows for me to be in and uh you know just having a great time i mean i was loving life in vegas it was fun i still like going there i still think it's a great place to do stand-up i do think vegas is an interesting place to uh i feel like it has the potential to be a really great artist community if you hustle and you do it right because these casinos have so many stages now yeah that you know there's so many live venue stages in vegas that you know, that there's a chance you could make a little money doing what you want to do. You just, like anything else, you got to super hustle. Right, right. Right, everything's a hustle and a grind. Totally. You know, it's like a lot of people think, you know, if I'm just funny or I'm just a great singer, I'm great, that everything happened. No, it's like, man, you got to be literally everything. It's yeah. almost like the UFC now. It's like, you have to be like, world-class in something and great at everything else. Yeah. Meaning you can't just be one, like, you could be the funniest stand-up in the fucking world, but if you have no business sense, you don't know how to interact with people, you don't know how to promote and all that stuff, you're done. It's not going to eat just you got you got to be good at everything. Yeah. Whether that's good or bad, it is what it is. Right. Right? right on. So that's it. So okay, so so you're sober now. Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh and what what does and how long have you been sober, actually? Well, I had five years, and then over seven years, I went in and out. Now I got almost seven months. Whew. Interesting seven years? Uh, I was uh, horrible. Yeah. I mean, I had, a, I had, you know, so it started fun, and then it went back, crash and burn. I could say I was a just complete waste of seven years. It is what it is. No, not a complete waste, right? I wouldn't say it was a complete waste, but... Okay, let me let me change the word. Like I would say it like was the, uh, the I, I did not work smart. Okay, okay. So professionally, it felt like a waste. But what about like, like personally? Do you obviously? I mean, it, it, sometimes we have to to crash and burn. And yeah, one hundred percent. I feel uh, like I've grown a lot as a human being, and uh, you know, over 
time through you know working on myself and my addictions and my uh, who I am I I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about you know what I you know I, I yeah man I, uh, you know the best thing I ever learned through sobriety and all that stuff is that the world doesn't revolve around me and it's like the the most amazing thing I've ever learned is that nobody gives a fuck like that's yeah. such a freeing thing it sounds like it's really mm-hmm. awful but it's so freeing to know that like you know, a lot of people in Los Angeles, they have to come up with a reason to explain why their career is not where they are, you know, and a big mm. part of it. So we like to make up shadow groups of like people out there who are like holding me back. These people don't like me. Those people shadow don't groups. like me. I, I'm this, I'm that, you know, and I, I'm speaking for myself, of course, and how I've seen other people operate. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just start kind of learning that like nobody gives a shit. It's yeah. like everybody's just trying to do the best they can. And like, yeah, there are people who are going to F you over, but it's not really that they're effing you over about you. It's really about them. Right. And that's incredibly freeing. Right. Definitely. Definitely. You, you know, because I used to be really think everybody was thinking about me all the time. Well, it's none of our fucking business when anybody thinks about us. First off. And that really is yeah, true. It's none of our business. And that's somewhat easier said than than actually applied. Right. Well, especially because like what you do a lot of times it's about impressing the right people at the right times right. and kind of it, it's, it's kind of a, you have to kind of now consider what the opinions of certain people are right? And at the same time, act like you don't give a fuck because that's when you're at your best. Right. 100%. So, so it's this weird kind of dance. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Just be you. Just don't, you know, don't worry about yeah, it. It's I have only an incredibly high pressure situation. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants honesty until you start getting honest. That's what I've really learned from doing comedy well you're like a i don't want to say i i mean we've had a few interactions but you strike me as the kind of person who can be brutally honest in in a both beautiful and maybe scary way i hear that a lot man i hear that i'm really like uh you take no prisoners blunt (laughs) i've heard that i i've heard i've heard i got dark energy i've heard people say that about me i've heard the people say that but i'm just telling you what i've been hurt and then um what did somebody say about me the other day? Is that I take a, such a hard stance on certain types of of topics that uh, the way I operate, I have to, I have to, you know, I have to script my first couple jokes on stage. You know, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, I have to. Uh, I can't just come in and just. Sometimes I'll make a mistake, and even though I'm almost twenty years in on this thing, like I learn something new every day, mm-hmm. or I re. Or I relearn the same lesson over and over again because I seem to forget it. Yeah. Every, like I learn a lesson, be like I'll never do that again. Four yeah. four shows later, there I am doing it again. You know, mm. and uh, I learn I have to take it slow. And like sometimes I go and I'll bring a show together of like comics I really love, and the crowd is just cooking. And you know, right. it's these really great, fun, edgy, dirty. Com- and by by the way. When I say edgy, I mean honest. That's really why. Like yeah. we, we live in a, a very interesting culture right now, where honesty is seen as uh, politically incorrect and edgy. A great example yeah. is uh, Simon Cowell on American Idol. Re- regardless of what you think of that show, okay. his goal was to be the bad guy, but his whole thing was honesty. He was really honest. Occasionally, be like, I just don't see it. They'd be like, boo. But really. Yeah. What he is doing is being honest with them. Right. Where the other ones are just fluffing them, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. 
So I bring these edgy comics out with me on the road, and they're cooking with gas. The crowd is just go, and then I walk up, and it's just like the energy changes in the room. It it happens one hundred percent of the time, and it's just like I, I I like an energy that when I walk up on stage, it's just a different kind of energy. I feel like people are like ha ha, and I walk up, everyone gets quiet, and I always make a joke about it that. They treat me like I'm their drunk stepdad who just stumbled into a slumber party, <laughs> challenging everybody to a fist fight. And I was talking about last night on stage. I'm like, you guys are going crazy. And then I get up and everybody acts like I'm here to rape you. And they laughed. And I go, yeah, because I am here to rape you, you know? And so it's well, not on purpose. It's just, I guess it's just a weird, I don't know, man. I think sometimes people mistake excitement for cockiness and uh enthusiasm for over over uh being blunt yeah i've been told uh by my friend that i have a i'm a ex- what's the word he said aggressively optimistic yeah yeah oh i like that that's what he told I me like that you're really aggressively op- optimistic and i'm like that that that's yeah. interesting but I guess that is what it is. Fuck you. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, right? <laughs> fuck that. It's going to fucking work out. <laughs> so what I need, to, what I learn on stage, is I have to take it very slow. And uh, when I come up on stage, I can't just start teeing off on them because I've seen them going crazy. I can't assume that the energy they get to the last guy is going to come to me. It's just been doing it long enough to well, know that's Well, you just that's have a- your specific energy. Yes. And you're one of those people that, um, but, I mean, before before I decided to do stand-up, I had seen you a bunch of times. And so... My apologies. No, it was, yeah. it was interesting because it is, it, that was something as an audience member, definitely you would come up with a different energy. And then at first I'd be like, mm, every time and then kind of have to slip into it. And then I'd be like, Oh, there's some really brilliant shit happening right now. And as a performer now, now that I understand what's happening a little bit more, of course I know so little, I know 5% of what somebody like right. you knows. Right. And so I can see what's happening and and it's like, oh, you just go up there and you own your feisty kind of like this is what this. Now you're in my space. You're in my energy. This is my stage. Yeah, I mean, like we're like this town is Hollywood is really in that like this minimalist shit, and I just it's not for me. I believe minimalism is just a, a way to. Um, allow mediocrity to uh shine that's just right. my opinion and it's mm-hmm. you know and i really was like that really hit me like a sledgehammer when i recently went and saw acdc at uh dodger stadium and like there i don't be ca- nothing minimal about that by the way there's nothing minimal <laughs> if you ever get a chance to see acdc live even if you're not the gr- like the biggest metal fan you have to see that okay like if you have a, a young person in your life who is liking really flaming bags of dog shit of music, you have to take them to ACDC because it will open their eyes to, like, in my opinion, what entertainment should be, which is something you can't get every day. You have yeah. you go watch somebody that brings something different to the table, and I think, like, I, it was just a mind-blowing thing, and that's kind of how I've always wanted to do comedy. I've always just wanted to fucking come in and just wreck shop. Okay. And it does, you know, sometimes 99% of the time it works. Once in a while, it doesn't. 
Now, interpersonally, does that kind of bleed over? Because for me, I had a sponsor once tell me at about six years, she was like, you know, Anna, you might just need to accept that you talk to people like you're an asshole and that's why they treat you like an asshole. And I just didn't connect that to me what honesty was, wasn't necessarily socially acceptable. And to kind of like pull back a little bit right. and, and then develop that rapport right. before I could be like, yeah, 100%. that fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes, you know, not everybody needs to hear your opinion. Yeah, I didn't. And that's that. understandable. <laughs> right. You know, and that's in life. And it's like, you know, there's degrees of like, I'm not here to like be blunt with people and be like, you know, there's this guy who has autism at the comedy store and uh, Josh Merowitz Josh. and we call him truth machine because yep. anything you ask him, he's going to tell you honestly, but that's from a loving place, but not everybody wants to hear the truth yeah. and it's okay. And sometimes you have to judge when somebody wants the truth and they're like, you know, they're asking mm-hmm. you to tell them sometimes people want the truth and some people just want to be told it's going to be okay. Yeah. You don't need to be like, oh, no, dude, this is how it is, and this is yeah. the only way it's going to be. Because who are you to do that? Yeah. But when it comes to stand-up, I'm like, you've come to see me. Metallica doesn't go, oh, let's look at the crowd. Oh, my God, do you think they want? Oh, <laughs> Should we do our softer stuff? They look a little older. Now, listen, I understand I'm not Metallica, but there is a degree of like, you've come to see a comedian. Yeah. Comedy's so interesting in that people are so specific on what they like it's very interesting Mm -hmm. they're so particular about their comedy and they and they really repel something they're not ready for right yeah they really they really panic over whoa i'm not ready for this perspective one of my favorite things to do is to go up and be warm and welcoming and charming and then be crass and see what happens with that i've got a lot of bits where i'm like hey guys how's it going and then i, I love it when i go off stage and somebody says i had no idea you were gonna say this stuff that you said to that's me when so you funny I'm like, yeah. i've walked up I've, I've walked up on stage it was quiet got him got him going got off stage and i've had people come up to going when you walked out on stage i didn't want to like you and i'm like why like what is that like it's it's a comedy show, not a police lineup. <laughs> You're not picking who raped you. It's just like I'm here to tell jokes. Why would you be like, okay, good guy, new guy? Oh, he's a little different looking. But I understand that you know. At the end of the day, we're all really simple animals, and mm. uh, the easier to digest, the better. Because comedy in itself is a very limited art, if you actually think about. It, because there is really only one response that is. Uh, acceptable and that's mm. laughter whereas most art tries they could do a million different things like they could try to right. move you try to make you cry mm-hmm. try to uh, lift you up try to make you think try to do like comedy it's like la- if you're not laughing you're it's not working now there's degrees meaning that you could do what I call this pop comedy that's really big right now which is uh, broad strokes on Maybe something that really happened, but really just the broad strokes on stuff we all already agree upon, you know? Uh, and that's like, ha, 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 all the time. That's pop comedy, just like pop music, where there's a beat every two seconds. And right. it's not really about what they're saying, but it's more about the beat and all that stuff. And then there's also like the kind of the comedy that's a, as you go a little deeper and farther into your career, where you start wanting to tell like more personal shit. Right. And the more personal you get, the farther you get away from the ha, 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 But the bigger laugh you get toward the end. To, well, it's a bigger laugh 
most sometimes, sometimes. not all the time, okay. but it's a bigger laugh. But there's more uh, uh, appreciation. Yeah. You know, there's more of an appreciation of uh, it's like, why do people appreciate, you know, let's say a Beatles song versus uh, um, Dead Mouse or some shit like that. You know, like, and not that Dead Mouse isn't good, but, you know, when you're hitting yeah. buttons and you're, beep, 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 you know, right. there's like a, it's, it's a different thing than a guy sitting down writing a song, playing, get, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like, wh- how, how much emotion did you, uh, uh, invest into this almost. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like yeah. the more personalized it is, the more people appreciate it. The problem you get to, and I talked about this on Dave Taylor's podcast, is that, you know, there's two types of comedians. And I said this, there's clowns and shit talkers. Neither one is better than the other. You may prefer one over the other, but that doesn't mean one is better than the other. Each have their own equal value. Sometimes I would say clowns work more, but shit talkers become legends so it's like what are you looking for and sometimes you have shit talking clowns sometimes you have clownish shit talkers you know it just it depends how you how how you uh go and what it all really comes down to is what's more important to you uh the laugh getting the laugh or how you get the laugh which is for me everything okay you know to compare certain comics to each other i think is is doing a disservice to the comic who tries to get very personal and takes yeah. a very personal take. And I'm not saying every pop comic isn't doing real shit, but he's taking a hacky take on it. And that's my opinion. Okay. That's that was great. a long rant, right? Dude, I a feel weird like I just, one. It, no, it wasn't weird. I feel like I just learned something. Cause there's a, um, have you ever heard Tamar Cantan? No. He's a San Diego guy. He's doing something right now. He's talking about himself being Arab and like what it's like to be Arab right now in sort of the world. Yeah. And every time I see him do it, I run up to him and I'm like, I just want you to know how important I think what you're working on is like, this is so important. And it's been cool. The last couple weeks have, he's dropped it. He dropped in at the store last night and then he was over. I saw him in San Diego. See the guy who walks around with a backpack on? No, he's an older guy with glasses. He looks Mexican, but he's, he's Arab. Okay. um, He did the open mic last night, but he was just, um, but he, you know, he won the World Series of Comedy. Oh, that's great! Yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Oh, I think I know you're talking. Gl- yeah, big glasses. Big glasses. He's Shaved doing, head. I'm telling you, he's doing. He's working on something right now that's so important. And I just keep talking. I'm like, it's so important. It's so important. And I'm watching kind of the, the yeah. audience kind of pull in and out. And it's so like, interesting, it's right? So beautiful to watch that evolve. It's so, so interesting. Great. Such a good but, time. And like I, I went through that about 14 years ago with the Axis of Evil guys, and it yeah. just. Just it's so interesting how we never learn. It's uh, yeah, it's, eh. but that's I think that's why people I think that's why one of the services that comedy provides. Like I see, I really see comedy as like a, a high level of being of service. Like that's how I try to approach it. I think it is. Like it's it's personal and and the, yes, there's an element that's for me, but it's ultimately me being of service because I've definitely had times where I've been in the OR because. I was in so much pain. I would go to a meeting. I would do everything I needed to do. I was in so much pain, but I needed to fucking laugh. So I went to the comedy store and I just sat there for something. Some of the best shows I've ever done in my life have been immediately after tragedy. Mm -hmm. The 9-11 crowds the weekend after were some of the best crowds I've ever been blessed to perform in front of. After the Paris shootings, best crowds i've ever been able to perform in front of it's just very interesting people need to laugh you know you don't want to get too serious 
but you, you know, it, it's, it is, it's medicine. And that's a big thing that took me a little while to realize is that as you know, the difference between some of the greats back in the day, let's say a Bill Hicks, you know, is that you know, where people are there to be entertained. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you have to entertain. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. There's, you know, a great quote from an HBO show that never really made it, but it was this black, it was about a black screenwriters in Los Angeles. And it was like, you know, get them laughing, slip them the truth, you know? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I've always, and that always stuck with me. So that's what I've always tried to do in comedy, but you have to walk a very fine line. So for me, it's like two for me, one for them. I mean, I'll do two jokes I really love and I'll give them a simple one they can really laugh at. Then I'll give them another two for me, simple joke. And that, you know, that's just how I work. Now you talk about how uh, this guy's doing all this Arab shit. You know, uh, Arab stuff. I didn't mean Arab shit by that, but I meant meant Arab stuff. Sorry about that. And, uh, you know, it's part of the original uh, Axis of Evil. So, I mean, I'm all down with that. Yeah. I I have a whole story about how I got picked up at the comedy store. But my point is, for me, man, I'm getting very honest on stage with a lot of stuff that's going through my life. Not all of it, because I don't think as a society we're all totally 100% ready for everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, I talk about my drug abuse on stage because I think people, a lot of people relate to it more than people would like to admit and that they're oh, yeah. either they've gone through it or a family friend of them, mm-hmm. there's or a good friend of that has gone through it. So it's not like this taboo shit. And right. it's very interesting because, you know, Richard Pryor talked about a lot, his, mm-hmm. a lot about his drug abuse and it was celebrated and then, you know, we kind of went through this Jerry Seinfeld state and then we're going through all these different stages of comedy and they're all great. I'm not judging anybody, but you know, I, I get discounted a lot. I feel because people just think I'm just like a dick joke comedian and they don't realize like the honesty going up there and, and talking about it because like I'm not choosing business over right. that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's a lot of business people in show business right now. <laughs> Yeah. And that's fine, but it's like they give, they want to do business. Like back in the day, back in the day, it was like clean comics hated dirty comics because clean comics, most of them made decisions to be clean for business reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that you have to be super clean right now, but there's, there's a certain kind of like going back to this pop comedy, boy band comedy that's really big right now, which is broad strokes about shit to make like, 20 year old girls laugh which right. is totally fine you know but when you don't choose that there there is a there is a rejection that comes on and almost like a Rudolph the red nosed reindeer where you don't get to play in all the reindeer games as much you know so it's a definite you know I, I was talking to somebody one day about I was I saw this comic having a bad day in the OR and uh, I was talking to them and uh, they started I just tell them about how the original room at the comic store works because it is a voodoo room. Of, I've seen special energy great comics there. get humbled in that room. And uh, I was talking to them and they were like, yeah. And then they started listing all these jokes that they hated to follow. And like three of them were mine. And it, <laughs> But they didn't realize that. Oh, and funny. I kind of let it go because I'd rather know than not know. Well, that's a big compliment to the joke. Like right, it's 100%. too powerful for them to ride the wake of. And that's a, yeah. yeah. And that's a big yeah. thing, but there's no appreciation of the honesty in that. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Like it's just business. There's yeah. a lot of business people 
making business decisions and not that and I totally get that you have to have a business sense but it's like it's like when you talk about this guy being Arab going on the truth about that it's like I go up on stage and I talk about how there's a fucking big you know the drug problem I went yeah. through and it's like I feel like it gets discounted a little bit but maybe I'm wrong I don't know I, don't I just know. feel like there's I have a question for you about that before we get into that because I when I started I wrote down all the things that I had been through before before doing comedy that were unique to me because that's the comedy I like. I like the comedy where it's like what you're talking about. That's what I gravitate toward. And, um, I had a comic tell me the other night that that's kind of a disservice that I didn't start with just doing observational. And I was like, no, but I was applying sort of the rules of observation to the fact that like my parents are dead and I had my ex-boyfriend had a stroke while we were having sex in the shower and like all these amazing, like wild stories and all doing it. Um, and, and all of that stuff happening while I've been clean, and so it's like being aware of like, no, life still is weird. And so I would go on stage with these stories that were, uh, uh, Connor McSpadden uh, told another comic this, that it's like, there's this video game, Pokemon, you catch the Pokemon, you train them. And my friend told me that I had a Pokemon. I had some Pokemon that were too powerful for me yet, but to come back to them at, when I was a better trainer. And so... Like I would come on stage with these with these jokes that like and watch the audience go because <gasps> I hadn't figured out how to be funny yet <laughs> and now they work for me. Well, yeah, yeah. it comes on your ability to deliver, and there is yeah. something to that. Mm-hmm. There is something to that. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when you learn karate, you're mm-hmm. not learning roundhouse kicks day one. Exactly, you're learning basic stances yeah. and how to deliver, and then eventually you will get in the roundhouse kicks. But that won't be for a, a totally. little ways down the, down the line. It's, yeah. There is something about, okay, I need to learn a, how to deliver a joke, the scientific delivery mm-hmm. of my style, what which is, is something to that. Because, uh-huh. you know, I got laughed at, but it was like, you really are learning how to be a Jedi in comedy. It's all mind games mm. from uh, your cadence, how you talk, how your rhythm, being able to trim down your jokes being able to deal with hecklers, being able to do crowd work. It's yeah. all Jedi shit yeah. that must be mastered. Yeah. And you got to master the simple shit before you can, man, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you got to learn to wax on, wax off before you can learn the crane kick and karate. You, know, you ever karate. trained in karate? Uh, yeah, I, t- I, t- I, I was taking martial arts for a little while. I, nice. I enjoy martial arts. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. I hate working out, as you can tell by my gut. <laughs> the only time I do like is when I do martial arts and, a little yoga i'm still trying to get that fever for yoga i used to teach i got i said 90 days i started training in karate oh that's great yeah and sometimes when i eat shit on stage i have to remember remember when you did that tournament you got knocked out yeah (laughs) that was way more embarrassing (laughs) well you know there's a really great quote by joan rivers that said if you're not bombing once in a while you're not doing anything on stage and Mm -hmm. that i think is a great lesson that's kind of been lost too and uh comedy is like this notion of half of the kill every fucking night yeah just you know at the comedy store there's like eat the whole lineup from nine to mm-hmm. to two in the morning is 
everything's different in there. It's a, yeah. it's, it's very interesting because yeah. it's almost like Santa Monica Boulevard. Whereas like, I love Santa Monica Boulevard <laughs> and I love driving Santa Monica Boulevard. But at 1am it's a different Santa Monica Boulevard. But, but if you start at Santa Monica uh, at, at the beach, it's like clubs, it's the beach, it's, yeah. it's fun. Uh-huh. It's like nice place you bring your friend and then you start driving this way and then you start getting into Boys Town and it's uh-huh. Boys Town and there's cross dressers walking around <laughs> and there's go-go dancers and that's a big part of Los Angeles. Then you drive a little farther. Now you're in the crystal meth tweaking donut time tranny hooker stuff which is like the big part of los angeles where like if you have vices you can live you can indulge in your vices then you get a little farther and it's like all like spanish rest you know everything's Mm -hmm. in spanish it's mexico it's such like just los angeles that's the comedy store lineup man it starts out it's tv clean super tv clean and then yeah. you go through all these different kind of then you get in the middle and now it's like kind of the famous people you know now mm-hmm. you got famous people going up now you go a little more now you got the guys who are on the brink of being famous then you get to the monsters and then the older <laughs> and then you have <laughs> at the end the, the brand new people who yeah. are just trying to show if they could move their way down yeah so it's interesting it it's interesting. A, such a psychological thing so never be too much on the in a hurry you know comedy is like you can't i've seen people jump steps you can't go back mm. you have to learn each step as you go that's true and you know it's better to learn it now than learn it later 